Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Now, for those of you who say, don't tithe, look what Jesus says. You should tithe. He said, well, it's not in the New Testament. I think Matthew's in the New Testament. You should tithe. Yes, but you should not leave undone the more important things. So the Jews didn't have a problem with giving. By and large, they didn't have a problem with tithing. But they gave for the wrong motive. All right, God wants 10%. I made $1.23, 12.3 cents. What are you doing? Trying to get that penny cut in a third. <laughs> wrong motive. As followers of Christ, we're called to be good stewards of that which the Lord has blessed us with. Whether it's physical property, land, or perhaps people that work under us, we have a responsibility to handle our gifts with wisdom and care. Perhaps one of the most common struggles that we can have is with money. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark discusses the importance of financial stewardship. In our study, we learn the importance of giving with good intention, as well as handling our finances with wisdom. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, Right Giving, Praying, Fasting. Every person that lines up after the service, I'm going to give you $5 million. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Over your lifetime with that $5 million, I want you to do three things. Number one, I want you to give 10% of it back to God. And then everything you earn off that $5 million, if you invest part of it and you make $100,000, you give 10% of that back to God too. So over your lifetime... You take whatever you have, you give 10% off the top to him, so you put in your pocket $4,500,000. And then anything you make off that, you give back to God 10%. Second, from time to time, God will speak to you and say, here's a missionary who needs a little money, offering. And you just give whatever God says. He'll never ask you to give everything, you just give what God says. And third, there'll be some poor people that come in your life, individuals that are just having a hard time. And God will speak to you and say, give some of your money, alms to the poor. Now, how many would say that's the greatest offer in the world? Let me see. How many go, I'm not really sure about that offer. Your dunces like the first group. (laughs) If you could walk out of this church with $4.5 million, are you crazy? (laughs) And all I have to get back, out of every $100,000 I give back, $10,000 to God, what a deal. That's exactly what God has done in your life. See, the, the Jews of all people... They knew how to make money. They still do today. They're God's people. So they're into money and they understand it. It's an incredible deal. So get it this morning. When God created you, he gave you all of this. All he initially asks back is 10%. 
Well, I'm not going to give 10%. It's not God's. You don't understand it. It's all God's. I'm not giving to that church. You don't give to a church. You give to God. Some of you have been hyped with this. Some of you have been manipulated with this. Some of you, by watching Christian TV, have gotten God wrong. Let me digress for just a second. I'm not trying to make fun or or talk against, but be very careful what you watch on TV in regard to Christian giving. Remember, Jesus said, don't do this so other people know who you are. So what do we do on Christian TV? Well, here's a $500 gift from Mrs. Jones in Merritt Island. Praise God. Let's all clap for Mrs. Jones. And the next thing we see, whoa, whoa, this is a big one. And you see it. Here's a $10,000 gift from a person in Sanford. Am I right? And what does God say about that? Wrong. Here's another one. Well, if you give in the next 30 minutes, somebody's promised to double the giving. What is that? Are we in Vegas? <laughs> Here's some worse. Manipulation. You have a prodigal son or daughter? Now you sow a seed of $1,000, that son will come back to the Lord. Now I want to tell you, that's the highest form of manipulation I've ever seen. God doesn't need $1,000 to bring a man back from God. His heart is after the lost. You have a sick loved one today, put a seed of $500 in and God will heal that person. That's garbage. So because of that, the world turns on TV and goes, I know what the church is after. No, we're not after it. God gave it to us all. So let's do it right this morning. By the way, you know, we have this new youth complex going up back here. It's incredible. And we got this flooring that's going to go in. There's about 6,000 squares in that floor. And we'd like to, if you'd like to, we have an engraver. Come on, hallelujah. We have an engraver. And he'll put your name on one of those squares. And forever, when those kids step on that square, there it is. You can even do this like anonymous bomber. That'd be fine. That'd be fine. And it's only $1,000 a square. Woo, what a deal. No. Not making fun. You see, you give as you've decided in your heart to give. You say, well, how does this... That can't work. Where's my envelope? Where's the building fund? Do you know we have no building... We've been doing this 13 years. We have no building fund. We have no envelopes. No pastor in this church knows... Who gives or who doesn't? We have no idea if you give or don't give. We have a great accounting department. They take care of all of this stuff. The elders and pastors are not privy to it. I have no key to any money at all. I don't want to know. I just want to teach the Word of God. The only people that I know that tithe, because I ask them, I wouldn't hire them if I didn't, are the pastors, and I wouldn't have the elders serve. I don't know what they tithe, but how much or how much they give on top of that. But I want to know because I can't have them teaching if they're not practicing what the Bible says. But for you... You'll never be pressured. You're never pushed. You're never hyped ever in this church. Well, how does all this complex $25, $30 million happen? You know, the only thing we're at the moment, other than we got two buildings getting ready to go up, the only thing that we owe for is this $6 million building. Everything else is debt-free in this campus. You say, well, that must be big givers. No, that's just because you give. All right, I want to have a high five from this morning. Here we go. Come on, get your, get your hands up. Get your hands up. Come on, everybody, your hands up. Thank you. Good job. 
Good job. Because you're giving with the right motive. I don't know that you give, but God does. Second, the Jews knew that God instructed them to give to him in three simple ways. The Jews knew to give, and they knew to give in three simple ways. What were those ways? Here's how God instructs us to give. And if you want to argue about it, argue about it. Get the tapes. You can talk to me later. Don't argue about it. Here they are. Number one, tithe. 10% off your income from the top. And as you give to God, you'll see in a moment, you say, well, I don't think that'll work. And a lady stopped me recently in one of the services, and I'm sure she doesn't mind me telling me this. She came to a place in her life, and she was almost, almost broke. And she had $20. And she said to God, God, I, I can't give this. And uh, God said, no, just go ahead and give it. She said, well, I don't have gas money. Don't have she just gave it. She went off to work. And in, this happened just not too long ago at a Dillard store, not in this town. A man came up to her and he says, I know this is going to sound strange, but my wife just said to me, go give that woman some money. So he put, she's the sales girl, in her hand. And she opened it. It's $20. And she said, if it had been $2 million, it wouldn't have meant anything to me. The 20 meant exactly what God said to me. So you're going to see as we do this, that we just give to God in tithes and offerings and free will giving. That's the alms to the poor. That's how you do it. You say, well, I, I, I don't know that I can do it. Just follow me through as we go through with the teaching. Now, What happened with the Jews, they knew this. In fact, they were so religious with it, they missed the whole motive. If you've been tithing for a long time, maybe you ought to go to 10 or 12 or 14 or 16%. I give a lot more because I'm just used to giving. And God just blesses me more. Do you know that J.C. Penney, when he died, was giving 95% of his income? I guess he died a pauper, didn't he? No. Look at Matthew 23. Look how legalistic we can become and we have to be very careful. Jesus says, how terrible it will be for you teachers of religious law and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest part of your income. But you ignore the important things of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Now, for those of you who say, don't tithe, look what Jesus says. You should tithe. He said, well, it's not in the New Testament. I think Matthew's in the New Testament. You should tithe. Yes, but you should not leave undone the more important things. So the Jews didn't have a problem with giving. By and large, they didn't have a problem with tithing. But they gave for the wrong motive. All right, God wants 10%. I made $1.23, 12.3 cents. What are you doing? Trying to get that penny cut in a third. (laughs) Wrong motive. Now, what is our problem in the church today? Three things. Three things. Number one, we have a lot of people who don't give back to God. Number two, we have some people that do give, but they give with the wrong motive. It's become legalistic. And then some people struggle. They can't give. The reason why? They're in debt. This is the picture, a snapshot of America this morning. Remember, everything we got, time, talent, energy, gifts, we're going to give an account to God for. So not only my finances, but my time, my energy, my money. Number one, U.S. consumer debt is at a historic high, excluding mortgages. So the mortgage in our house is not in this. The average personal consumer debt is $18,654 per person. So next to you is a husband, a wife, and a home, not counting their home debt. The average American's 36, a couple, $36,000 in debt. 
at 10, 12, 14, 15% interest a year. Now, you might make fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 in your household. When will you be able to pay that off? Maybe when Jesus comes. Now, all debt isn't bad, I don't believe. I, I, if we hadn't gone in debt for this church a long time ago, just paying things off as we go, you'd have never had a building, we wouldn't have had thousands of people saved and whatever. So reasonable debt that you can pay off is fine. Same for your home. Those of you that bought a home recently, not too bad, huh? Same for a car. Now, you don't have to buy a Hummer 3 <laughs> unless you can afford it. And education is a good thing to go in debt for because it's actually an investment. But other than that, guys, you see what debt does. Watch me. Here's what debt does. When I go to sleep at night, if I owe 10 grand, this is what happens to me. It's always a weight. It's a weight in the bedroom. It's a weight at work. It's a weight at church. Pastor Mark, I can't give because I'm in debt. Not only do we have a trouble with debt in the United States, look at how we're using our money. A wave of gambling has spread, uh, swept America, leaving in its wake 5.5 addicted million addicted gamblers. Look at the next statistic. 1.1 are teens, not in drugs, gambling. 1.1 million teens between the age of 12 and 20. Now, what does that mean? That means that internet gambling and all the rest of the stuff, they're addicted to it. Can they be useful in their talents and their time and their money for God? No, absolutely not. It's gone. Well, you say, oh, that's no problem, Pastor Mark. I don't have my money pretty good, but I'm going to do just like everybody else does. So we have more than one million household people declare bankruptcy every year. And by declaring bankruptcy, hear what you say. Here's what you say. Well, I know I owe you some money there, uh, Mr. Joe, in the, in the business, but, uh, you know, I can't really do it. I'm a Christian, and sorry, you can't pay you, so you can't pay for your family, but I'm doing the right thing. I'm declaring bankruptcy. I know, I, I mean, I just is a little irresponsible in money. It doesn't affect you. I know it affects you. I'm sorry. Too bad. Bye. Oh, that's the right thing to do. And so because of all of those pressures and the misunderstanding that people want to hype you for money in a church, and we don't, God never said to hype you. He said, just give as you want to give. Look at the statistic of people that pay tithes in the church. This is last year's statistics. Tithing is practiced by 2.5% of the households. Now, that's not true in this building. I don't know what the statistics are because I don't know who gives. But I guarantee you that's not true. But can you imagine that? What God could do when 96, 7% of Christians don't do what he asked them to do. Now, you say, well, does that... Does that really affect me? Does it affect you? Well, sure it affects you. And we understand that because God simply says to us, as you go through that, that I have to do five things. I'm going to give you five things, and they're going to do about a minute and a half each, and we're done. So here we go. Learn how to do it. Number one, understand that God holds us responsible to manage his resources, our time, talent, spiritual abilities, and wealth. You will stand before God. I will too. And give an account how I use not only my money, but your giftings, your time, your talent. The Christmas thing comes up. The Iwana things come up. The 252 comes up. You guys are incredible. You're serving. You're giving your time. Let me ask you, if you've been here three or four years and you're not doing anything in this church, what in the world are you doing here as a Christian? You're gifted. You need to be serving. You will give it. You will be held accountable. Plus, the blessings and the benefits don't come. But most of you don't have to say anything because that's just incredible. You do awesome. Number two, learn to give back to God generously and regularly. 
It's a process of trusting God, not the church, but God. Let me just address a couple things. Well, if I give to God regularly, what, what a, could I give with the wrong motive? Yes. Well, should I take advantage of the tax laws that give me a benefit for giving? Well, absolutely. That's why we have a whole department. You send to get it at the end of the year, you get a tax thing. But let me just throw a statement out to all of us. Let's say next year Congress says, no more tax deductions for church giving. Well, Pastor Mark, I can't give now. <laughs> then wrong motive for giving. But fine to take it now. Second, when we get a new website up and it's being worked on right now, we'll have e-giving. Sounds crazy to you, do it. How many of you bank online? Let me see your hands. I don't know why the rest of you. I don't, how, I'm hardly any of us write checks anymore. It's all done online. So we'll have another way for you to do it. Again, it won't come to my account, so you can relax. It's perfectly fine. Look at Malachi 3.10. Jesus says this, bring all the tithes into the store else that there'll be enough food in my temple. What does that mean? Tithing comes here. Comes to the church and, and we are very exacting in how we give money out. The, the staffing we have, the people we have, we're, we're very, very fiscal. That was always my background in pharmacy and as a manager, millions of bucks before, and that's exactly my management here. And we have people that have the same philosophy. All of us have that same philosophy. Because see, we're not managing our money. We're managing God's money. So are you. So Jesus says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And he says, if you do, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I'll pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to try it. Let me prove you. So you say, well, I'm not into the 10%. Well, then start at five. Do something. Get started. Because God's going to open. How many of you like to have the windows of heaven open for you? Woo, hallelujah. Well, you have to honor him. Well, I No, just honor him. It's not us. We won't know. I won't know. But you'll discover you can't do it. Number three, learn to give with the right motives. I already talked about that. Don't give because of pride. Don't be give because of guilt. Like if you leave here this morning and go, I knew that church is talking about giving. I knew they'd get around to it sometime. Well, we got around to it because it's in the scripture. And I'm telling you this morning, somebody stopped me at the end of the service. And they said, you know, the whole church should hear this message. Because most people don't realize that they're going to give account for their money. And God's not after trying to hype people. So if you leave here this morning and say, well, I guess I better give. I got to give next week. Don't give. We don't want your money, and God definitely doesn't need it. And we don't need it either. He takes care of us just fine. Well, praise God. No, not praise God. Because when you rob God, you rob yourself. Understand it. Well, Pastor Mike, is that true if I give $10,000? I heard about this hundredfold deal. I want to buy this house, and it's a down payment of $100,000. Is that work? No, it doesn't work. That's manipulation. It's garbage. By the way, if God gives me 1% here, 99 in heaven, I'll take it. I'll take it. Would you take it? Sure you would take it. Number four, expect God to reward you now and in heaven. Notice Malachi says, prove it. Prove me. Test me. Watch me. Blow your socks off. That's what God says. Number five, understand If I could get this through to you as we leave this morning, understand you can never outgive God. He just loves to give. You can't outgive God. So as I give of my energy, let me share with you what happened this week. Grandkids were here. 
Our baby daughter, as you noticed, I dedicated last week, and then our, my seven-year-old granddaughter was here. And I don't get to see them about two or three times a year, and I wanted to spend some time with them. I'm thinking, God, I really need, I've got to study, I've got two teams, whatever, but I want to spend time with them, and I've got to be at work, and I've got to do all these things. And you know how many hours it takes me to study God and do all these things? So God said, well, just get up early. So I get up early in the mornings at five sometimes to get up before they were up. And of course, you know, the baby, now you can't grind the coffee beans and all that stuff because you wake up the baby. So I'm like, how are I doing here? Whatever. But as I'm there and honoring God, he just pours out the teachings to me. It was like it just came right out and I just wrote this stuff like this. Now it took time, but it just came out. You see, as I put God first in my time, he just honored that and gave me time to spend with the baby and my granddaughter. He said, well, it doesn't work that way. Yes, it does. Put him first, and he just multiplies time. I don't understand it, but God does it. Trust him. You can't outgive him. Here's a verse. Luke says this. If you will give, you will receive. And your gift will return to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. Watch me. Watch me. If I give to God, he just gives back to me, and he organizes my time, and it makes me more useful with my talents and my gifts. Some of you say, well, I used to serve God here in this ministry and whatever, but I just don't have time for him more now, and I really don't have time. In fact, time's even worse than now. You know why? Because you stop serving God with your time. Now, you don't want to be here eight nights a week, but you want to be serving God. So this says, if I give, he'll return it to me in full measure. Here's the reason I'm short. Now, watch me. As I've given to God, and I continue to want to give you, I'm not perfect, but I continue. He just presses down, and I'm getting shorter as I get older because it's running over, and the power of God is here, and people are getting saved because we're honoring Him and putting Him first in our lives. Now, the short deal is a joke, other than I am getting shorter. You get older, you get shorter. Sorry. When I get to heaven, 6'8", you'll never even recognize me. You just walk right on by me. Who's that guy over there? I'll toot my horn, though, to make sure you see who I am. Because I want a high five in heaven. See, there's no sin in heaven, so it'd be pure motive. How good is God? Raise your hand. Let's give God, in fact, let's do it. Let's give God a couple high fives right to God this morning. Hallelujah. Let's praise him this morning. Hallelujah. Awesome God. He's an awesome God this morning. Now, one more thing, and we're done. And listen to me, I don't want anybody moving. Which judgment will you be at? It's 12.15. If we'd all been killed at 12, where would you be now? Would you eventually be here and be judged by God for your good works and get rewards and you're in heaven because you accepted his greatest gift? Or would you be here because you rejected it? Being good stewards of the blessings we've received is essential to the Christian walk. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us about this very issue. In our study, Pastor Mark reflected on the financial statistics of our society from a scriptural perspective and how we can become better stewards of our finances. Pastor Mark also taught us the importance of giving with good intentions. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will continue with Part 2 in our message entitled, Right Giving, Prayer, Fasting. In our study, Pastor Mark will further expand upon the importance these fundamentals have in our faith. Focusing more on prayer in our next lesson, we'll learn some refreshing ways in which we can approach our loving Father in prayer. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.